0: <laughs> thank you so much uh, my name is Melissa George and I'm an alcoholic hey, Melissa. Hello, mm-hmm. um, so whew, okay uh, the, the stress relief tea is working a little bit but not a hundred percent yet but um <laughs> yeah so my i'll just jump right in my sobriety date is november 2nd 2014. Uh, i do have a sponsor and she has a sponsor and i sponsor other women um i have a home group this is it um i think it's the best home group ever i don't think i've ever you know although you know I've been sober for really just a small amount of time. Um, I haven't come across the home group that I feel as much connected with as I do with this one. Um, I have a service position, which is amazing because I really couldn't stand it at first, and I'm still kind of getting used to it. But, you know, real, you know, it's cool because the person that's... Um, you know, been kind of helping me and everything with this position, Um, it's real service takes you out of your comfort zone, you know, and that's what it has done for me. So I'm really grateful for um, this group and and the opportunity to do that. Um, So I guess I'll just jump right in and tell you a little bit about um, what it was like, what happened and what it's like now. Uh, So I grew up in New Jersey, um, pretty pretty normal childhood. Um, you know, I didn't have any any terrible things happen to me, any, any trauma, anything like that. You know, I think that sometimes, you know, some people tend to think the things that happened to them made them how they were. Um, I know that I was just born this way, although there is uh, alcoholism that runs through my family. Um, who knows if it's genetic or not? I don't know, but uh, so, yeah, I was raised by uh, my mom. She was a single mom. My dad was kind of like, you know, he he was one of us. He definitely was. He struggled a lot. Um, so he tried to be a part of our lives um, when it was, you know, convenient for him. And um, it was me, my brother, and my sister. Uh, I was the oldest, so I kind of saw a lot more. Um, and, you know, I was thinking about it. Before I, I came on tonight, and I he he was that was my first resentment, and it was a pretty nice deep one that I got nice and early. Um, but you know, regardless of that, uh, my mom was very strong, and uh, she worked always worked a couple jobs, and just I had a great childhood. She was very involved and um, supportive of us, and you know, she did end up meeting a man. Um, I don't know, I was probably about 10. So he ended up being my stepdad and, you know, kind of took over that role. And I was able to have that father figure that I wanted uh, so badly. So, yeah, I guess, um, you know, I was I was a good kid. I really was. Like, I, I was, like, in the band and, like, I played the flute and I, like, got good grades. And, you know, um, I think everything kind of changed when I entered my teen years. You know, I remember my first drink vividly. Um, I was 14 and my family was having like a party and uh, you know, all the neighbors and stuff and everybody's drinking, have a good time. And I thought it would be a good idea if we tried some alcohol. So, cause nobody was paying attention. So it was perfect. Um, so we got, there was already this big pitcher already made of, um, a screwdriver, you know, vodka and orange juice. And I started like pouring out glasses for me and my friends and like, and now looking back on it, it's crazy that, and I remember this too, like before I even took a drink of that already mixed drink, I poured more alcohol into it so like before you know and it's funny because like it really does center in our minds right like I immediately thought before I even knew the feeling I needed more of it Mm -hmm. um and I remember having a great time that night it was awesome I you know just didn't I think at that point in my life like you know I think I had a lot of insecurities that we all have, um, you know, fear of being accepted and not good enough and all of that stuff. I can't say, like, it was all just, like, it was just a good time at that, at that moment, you know, and it, it felt good, and I definitely wanted to do it again. So, you know, I continued through my teen years, and I remember, like, that was, that was what we we're gonna do now you know what i mean it was no more like um you know kitty stuff like it was now we're gonna get drunk on the weekends as much as we can um i kind of skated through high school by the skin of my teeth but i did make it um and i never really had any ambitions and this is probably where because you know there were other things involved like once Once it became more and more regular, um, I wanted to try anything that was going to make me feel different um, because it was just fun. I mean, I think we can all relate to that. Like at first, I had a lot of fun. Um, So, yeah, I didn't really have many ambitions. Like I just wanted to get a job after high school and I didn't really think about college or anything like that. Um, I think that, you know, I just, I had already kind of separated myself from my family throughout my rebellious teen years, you know, even though they were good to me and they were um, supportive and there for me, I think like I started creating this thing cause I had this best friend and her family was totally loaded. And I kind of just like, latched on to them. And um, I always, that I guess looking back now, like that was the start of like nothing ever being good enough for me. You know, like I always wanted more of whatever it was or wherever I was, wasn't where I was supposed to be. I was supposed to be here or doing this or doing that. I was just never comfortable with where I was in the present. Um, you know, and so I, you know, typical relationship with my mom, she just like, we butted heads so bad, you know, and now looking back, I had a huge part in that, I wouldn't (laughs) tell you that in the beginning. Um, So, yeah, I just started working straight out of high school, and, you know, uh, that's where, you know, I found... I didn't want to live at home anymore, so I moved out. You know, right after I graduated and turned uh, 18, and you know, I was living with friends because I could totally do what I wanted to do. You know, I didn't have to listen to my mom being concerned about like some of my choices, and um, I really didn't think it was that bad. You know what I mean? Because when we're still like being somewhat productive, it seems like there's no problem you know, um, I was able to like still go to work and kind of pay bills, even though I was like living on other people's, under other people's roofs and things like that. Um, So I didn't really see anything wrong with that. But, um, you know, I remember, oh God it was i was completely oblivious you know everything revolved around me and my happiness and um everything was everyone's fault not mine my dad my mom um, my friends whatever i never took accountability for anything um so i don't know i'm trying to like, you know tim called me a young person thank you for that because like (laughs) i'm 40 years old thinking back you know it's my early 20s kind of get a little rough sometimes but um, i just remember you know working i remember always having a job and i think that that really uh, masked my real problems you know um, and i always had a hostage someone to take care of the rent and the bills. So whatever money I was making was definitely um, going towards alcohol. I mean, it was it was happy hours. It was whatever, you know, on the weekends, whatever I could do, um, because that was kind of accepted. So I guess I was still in that area where it was like, you know, young 20s, like, it's okay to do this. You know, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, And then, you know, as I'm going through, you know, that period, you know, I had a core group of friends and we were real tight knit and we hung out all the time and partied and all that. And then, you know, one by one, they started like doing things with their lives. Like they started, uh, you know, getting married or buying a house or graduating college or just all of this stuff as I'm just kind of like skating with right in the middle you know right in the middle of not sinking um so i kind of you know just started isolating myself a little bit from them because you know what i wanted to do was like 18 19 19 year old them you know and now we're in our like 23 24 and they're kind of like past that and i i still just want to get messed up as much as possible and like keep it going, you know what I mean? (laughs) So that's when, yeah, I started separating a lot. You know, at this time I was in a relationship and um, he took the brunt of everything. He made sure that the bills were paid, there was food on the table, everything I needed and wanted, you know, I didn't really care about. helping or being a partner or I didn't care about the fact that I was being completely unfaithful behind his back and just being a terrible person. I really just, it was just all lies and all deceit. And um, I think that, you know, when I look back and really see like when it really became, I think when I knew like something was wrong with me that I was not a normal drinker or that, you know, I couldn't, um, couldn't control it. Like I thought I could, um, was I was like in my mid twenties and I got uh fired from a really good job at a bank and the first thing i did and it was like early it was like early afternoon maybe even morning the first thing i did when i left was i went straight to the bar and that was um probably the first time that i can remember where i used drinking as a solution you know to feel better to really take myself um, somewhere else. So where I didn't have to think or feel or care or any of that. Um, from that point, I was, I was in a really bad place. You know, I didn't get another job right away. At this point, I just kind of like spiraled in this hole because I was really alone and just, um, not, I was not okay. So that's when I really started, uh, for the first time, drinking alcoholically i think you know even though it, it, it was seen throughout um this is where it became like i had to wake up and drink um i remember like going you know stealing um like rolls of quarters and change out of the change jar and going to the liquor store and like the same one every single morning waiting for them to open up and um I liked rum, I bought rum every single day and I would just sit at home and drink my sad rum and coke and I would watch Intervention and I I would, I would like seriously fantasize that someone would come and save me, you know, it was so freaking sad, but like, I didn't know what was, you know, and I'm watching this show, but they didn't really have a lot about AA or anything like that, but I I didn't know, like, unless someone were to come in and rescue me, I didn't know what to do, Um, you know, and I would carry that alcohol around with me, like, if I did go out with friends or something, like, I remember one time going um, and hanging out with, like, a double date kind of thing, and they brought their kids, and I'm... Have my diet coke bottle you know um make sure there's enough soda in there to make the color look right and uh i remember that one of their kids was like hey can i have a sip of that and i was like no <laughs> was like, no you can't and i was like oh my god like that my cover is going to be blown you know because why wouldn't i let a kid take a sip of my soda um but just stuff like that like just so uh i was just constantly trying to cover it up, you know, and I remember having to always have it with me. I couldn't shower without having alcohol in the shower with me. I couldn't, you know, and all this time, I think I'm hiding it from my significant other, you know, um, you know, whether he was in complete denial or he really didn't see it. I mean, I would always have a, I would even like put the glass, like I had a double drawer in my dresser and I would fill the glass to the top and put it in the dresser. (laughs) then every time he would, like, walk to the bathroom or something, I'd be, like, chugging. <laughs> it was so sad. Um, you know, and that went on for a good while, probably a straight year. Um, and I was saying I was looking for jobs, and I wasn't. But I just, I was just really sad and, and lost. Um, so then, um, then I got pregnant. And I was like, oh, my God, now I really have to do something. You know, I mean, this is maybe this is good. Maybe this is what's going to help me. Um, so, you know, I, I got my butt moving and I got a job and um Yeah, I, you know, I think that a lot of uh, misconception that like, when you get pregnant, that's going to help you stop doing what you're doing. And that wasn't the case for me. You know, if anything, I had to hide it even more. And the guilt was even worse, right? Uh, because it's not just me, I'm putting in jeopardy now, it's someone else. And um, it was really, it was a really tough time in my life. Um, and, you know, I made it about uh, I was five months pregnant, and uh, and you know I was at work, and I felt some some pains, and I called the doctor, and I went in, and and sure enough, the the baby's heart heartbeat did stop, and I was all by myself when I found that out, and you know, and I don't mean to tell this, um, you know, make it super sad and super uh, dark, but it was that was a pivotal moment for me, you know. Um, It was a really eye-opening experience. It was tragic, it was traumatic, it was terrible. Um, But even with that, it didn't stop me. And that is something that a normal person wouldn't do. A normal drinker um, would see clearly at that point. you know, at that point, even though I was already kind of spiraling, that just took it to a whole nother place. Um, I've had uh, DUIs, you know, driving head first into a a, a cop, playing chicken with them, um, a couple reckless drivings. I, I had consequence after consequence, and it did not get in my head. Um, you know, and... I do remember at some point in there calling, I don't know where I got this idea from or how it came up, but I remember like some of you young folks may not remember this, but we used to have phone books with the yellow pages. (laughs) and I remember going in the yellow pages and looking up the AA hotline number and I did and I called and I said, you know, I think I have a problem and the lady was, she was okay, and she, um, you know, directed me to a meeting, and of course, I drank before I went to the meeting, um, and I got to the meeting, and I was just so uncomfortable, so uncomfortable. I, I do remember a guy in there um, saying that he had always pictured alcoholics being, like, homeless under the bridge with a you know, a paper bag, drinking out of a paper bag. And um, he said, but that wasn't the case for him. You know, his, his bridge was, you know, the couch in his living room. And I don't know, I'm probably not explaining it the way it happened, but it really was an eye opener for me because I think, like I said, there's this like picture of how bad we need to be to have a problem. And I think that like my family and whoever was in my life always thought it was a matter of willpower me to change or for me to, you know, get better or do different, and I always thought that too and I could never do it. Um, I just, I would have the intentions and I would try, but I really just wanted to drink normally, you know, and I would try and it just never worked. So. There was a point where that guy that I was with, that was about, I was with him for like 11 years, a very long time. He dealt with, um, my, my shenanigans and finally he had enough and, um, he said it was time for me to go. And so I, of course, called my mom and, you know, she said I could come there and, um, there's a lot I'm missing out. I I've lived a lot of life, and I'm just not, rem- not remembering everything. You know, it just popped in my head when I went to my DUI lawyer for the third time. He was like, "I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore." And I was like, "I'm paying you. Like, you will represent me many <laughs> times you need to." And he was like, Melissa, well, so you seriously need help." You know, um, I guess I bring that up because like. I've tried outpatient, I've tried um, all of, uh, you know, the medications, like I've tried uh, this uh, psychologist or whatever, um, so many different things. And it's amazing that I finally found AA because it has worked so far. But um, yeah, I tried so many things and none of them ever worked. But anyway, so I was moving out of my, my exes and all the stuff i've already said really qualifies me as an alcoholic but like i was moving out and um i had so many bottles that i had to throw away clothes to like weave them in and out of the bottles in the bag just to like i don't know contain whatever dignity i maybe had left at that point but i just remember like I wouldn't throw them away. I guess I was scared that somebody would find them. I would just like dig them in, in my closet and my drawers and like the dirty laundry or whatever. And like, I just can't believe I didn't see it sooner. Um, so yeah, I went to stay with my mom and she was great. And. Uh, <laughs> I have this really good habit of like acting, you know, I'm like getting my stuff together, I'm gonna be good, and then just crashing it all again, over and over and over. That has been been the pattern in my life. Um, And you know, I, at this point, you know, met someone else, and um, he wasn't as good of a guy as the other one. So he really helped me to get to, could uh, just get to a, a place where it was it was really really uh, undeniable that I needed some help. And you know, at this point, I was now. You know, I vividly remember. You know, for my mom's totally ruined that. I, we, she would, she, we. She tried to make me feel better and took me to a trip to go to Atlantic City and thought that that would be a good idea, you know, starting this new chapter, let's go, um, you know, have some fun and have some drinks and you know us. (laughs) I took that to a whole nother level. And, like, I just wanted her to, like, leave me in Atlantic City. And I was like, I'll just become a hooker. I don't even care. Oh, my God. You know, she almost did leave me there. But, you know, we got home, and um, it, things like crazy. I mean, I was so out of my freaking mind that that night I actually fought my own mom. You know, I actually threw punches at the woman that had tried her hardest you know, to um, to be there for me when I really didn't deserve it. Um, so she did kick me out of the house, which she should have, put all my stuff on the lawn, told me to go. And uh, I, I did. And I left. And then I went on to my next victim, who was my stepdad, who always loved me and um, wanted the best for me. So I went into his house and It was just a bad situation. You know, I was sleeping on his couch in a one-bedroom apartment. And, um, you know, how that finally came to an end was I was so out of my mind one night. I was standing on his balcony, and I called my sister to say goodbye because I was going to jump. And um, she called the cops, and they all as I'm standing up there, start pulling up. And I just like ran, I ran out the whole apartment complex, ran down the side and they found me in the streets and they gave me a choice of either being arrested or going, being committed and voluntarily committed. And I I just commit me. You know what I mean? I don't want to go to jail. I mean, I'll go to the hospital to find whatever. Um, And I was so bad that they, um, they put me on the, mental side you know they really like thought i was (laughs) Um, and then once i sobered up they were like oh this is you need to be over here um and i remember you know just that i had all these resources at my fingertips while i was there you know they were trying to help me like you know um, figure out what i was going to do after i left there i didn't want any of it you know, and nothing. I didn't want anything. Um, just let me out. So they did. And then I went and, you know, found a, a random uncle I hadn't talked to him forever, like knocked on his door. Can I stay with you? Um, so, I mean, this just, you know, anywhere I could sit down or, or sleep at night and then go ahead and screw it all up again the next day, like just constantly burning bridge after bridge and just getting deeper and deeper. Um, You know, and it finally came to a point where um, I knew I needed help. I needed help real bad. And I just by chance, now I know that it's God, um, reconnected with a friend of mine that lived in North Carolina. And um, she is one of us. And, you know, we kind of talked about what what was going on and... um, she said that she could get me into a facility here, and it was a long-term and inpatient. You didn't need insurance, and I was like, oh, okay. I mean, I guess that sounds good, um, but of course, I didn't go right then. Like, I had to make sure. Like, I really needed help at this point. So, um, yeah, it got worse it always does. It got really, really, really bad. And to the point where I didn't have the nerve to kill myself like I wanted to for so long and I didn't have anywhere else to go. And I took her up on that offer and she bought me a um, a Greyhound bus ticket. And so I took the bus from New Jersey to North Carolina and I showed up at that detox and it was, I was so angry. I was so mad. I mean, obviously, everything I've told you, like, I needed to be somewhere like that. But I was, I was so angry at so many people um, at myself. I was alone. I was tired. I was so tired. Um, But, you know, I I had no other choice. Luckily, I, I had reached the point of no no return. So, um, you know, I stayed at that program. Uh, and luckily for me, they were, uh, very big on, uh, Alcoholics Anonymous and sponsorship and meetings. And so that was all shoved down my throat for a whole year. Um, which was really good for me because I really needed somewhere to just sit still and, um, really concentrate on, uh, Step work and and aa so i did i asked someone to sponsor me and she took me through the steps now i remember telling her well suggesting to her how to take me through the steps <laughs> because, because she wanted to sit there and like read this book to me and i'm like dude, I'm not listening to anything you're saying. Like, I've heard about this four-step. Like, can you just get me on that so I can, like, do the stuff I need to do to feel better? And um, she did. Like, she did. She, we did a third-step prayer, and she got me on the fourth step. Now, um, I got here in July of 2014, my sobriety date isn't until November, so me trying to tell someone, to tell you know how to help me, <laughs> didn't work out so well. Um, you know she she was great and she she was a, a really a really wonderful you know first person for me, but um, I needed a little extra more, extra help. Um, you know, so I met sponsor that I have now. And I hadn't told anyone about the relapse that I had had. Um, and she, that was in November. And uh, she started sponsoring me probably in January of 2015. Um, and yeah, she, she, there was just something about her that just, I just wanted to get honest. You know what I mean? I think I was, I was just over um, I I fought everything and everyone. I really did. As much as I know that I needed the help, I wanted to do it my way because I thought my way was the best way. Um, she helped me to, uh, you know, um, you know, it's been, it's been an amazing, amazing journey for me, you know, I'm not this amazing speaker, like talk to me one-on-one, I'll probably drop some bombs on you, but in a group setting, setting, it's it's, it's hard, it's hard to sit and like try to remember um, really a lifetime of of all the things, you know, I put myself through and, and all of the people around me, the ones I love, the ones I didn't love. Um, I was just a tornado of pain, um, you know, and because of this program so much, I've gotten so much, um, you know, I have my family um, back in my life. And You know, right before I said that, god that's what popped in my head because that you know that's what i get down on my knees every single night and and i'm thankful for i'm thankful for this program for introducing me to my higher power to god you know without knowing that um i'm not the center of the world the, not everything is not about me without that and knowing that no not everything is negative and Dark. I mean, that's how I saw the world before I came in here, you know, and and through working um, the steps and really being able to get that relationship and that understanding and um, see that that presence of God, not only in my life now, but like all through all that stuff, because Lord knows I definitely should be in prison or dead or worse. You know, something terrible should have happened to me um but for whatever reason god that was not my time god needed me here and you know what's cool is that um you know i can go on and on about all the stuff i have you know like stuff does come back it does but the most important thing to me is um is really having that relationship with with a higher power and for me, that means just always knowing that, you know, there's al- there's always a solution out there to anything that I come across today. Of, cu- of course, first and foremost, God was the reason that that obsession was lifted for me and that my go-to for anything that happens in my life um, isn't to pick up a drink or put something else in my system to make me just forget it. Like God allows me to be able to feel things today and be able to experience things today and be able to share those things, um, with other people. Um, you know, I used to think that I used to hate God, you know, I, you know, I can come in here and tell you guys, like sometimes I'll share, like I had a hard t- I did have a hard time with God thing. I really did. Um, but I must, I always believed in God because I blamed him for everything. (laughs) (laughs) I, everything negative, like, I'd be like, well, you know, if there was a God, like, why would that happen? Or why would God let that happen? You know, and now I'm able to see things because of Alcoholics Anonymous and the 12 steps, I'm able to see. the the entire picture you know I would always see just like that tunnel vision and not be able to see that it's not just about um, me or you or there's a whole plan in place and um, it's just I've just gotten so much more out of this program than I ever could have imagined I mean my family is still in New Jersey, and I'm still in North Carolina, and, you know, in the beginning, I kind of wanted to go home, and they were like, no, we're good, go ahead and just, you know, stay there and do your thing, um, but, you know, the cool part is about that is because of this program and this fellowship, you know, I have a whole family here, I do. Yes, I, you know, have been able to mend things with my blood family, but I have, an amazing support system of people here that understand me on a level I never thought was possible. Um, You know, I've gotten through some things in sobriety that, um, you know, I didn't think I would never not drink over. Um, You know, I get to sponsor other women today, and that has just that just, like, really opens up your mind. Do you know what I mean? Because it's really not about you anymore. Um, you know, they keep me on my toes. They really do. Like, when I'm in a, you know, because we're not perfect when, when we're in sobriety. I mean, we still have moments. We still have um, things we struggle with. And, you know, it's so funny how God works. Because, like, when I'm in one of those moments or I don't want to blah, 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 one of them's calling me and then I got to go, you know, give them advice and then I got to go and practice what I'm preaching. And it's just like, um, but it's incredible. It really is. Um, I, yeah, I'm not going to keep rambling because I think that, um, I'm done, but, uh, I really appreciate everyone that hung in here and listened to me for almost a whole hour. I really appreciate that. And um, that's all I have. Thank you.